Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Wilderness Tamer podcast. I want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors before we kick off this show. First off is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear that come with an integrated dry bag as a pocket with a self-sealing magnetic strip that is certified to go 100 feet down, and it will keep your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and as well as drypocketapparel.com. Now, to save you some money, use promo code, all caps, WILDERNESS, to get you 25% off your order. My second sponsor is Nomad Outdoors. They have great clothing and camo options to keep you out all day taming your wilderness. Now, my third and final sponsor is City Bonfires. Just like Ancient Caveman, they give you the ability to harness fire wherever you go. It is a soybean wax canister that you can cook over, and it is an awesome piece of kit. So I want to give a huge thank you to all the sponsors for the support, and as well as the fans and the guests. This podcast would not be what it is without y'all. So I hope y'all enjoy this episode. This is Connor signing off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wilderness Tamer podcast. This is episode number 23, Big Stick Archery, and my guest is Bob Smith. Let's give him a call and get it going. As soon as my phone gets some signal here. Go ahead and tell you, do not go with Sprint. For those of y'all that have them, leave. Oh, there's ringing. Hello, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? Great, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Oh, well, hey, no problem, man. So if you want to give everybody a little, I guess, uh, a definition of what you're about a little bit, and then we'll just get into it from over there. Or introduce yourself, I should say. All right. Well, um, I'm Bob Smith. Uh, from Wisconsin, grew up in Wisconsin, live in north central Iowa now. Uh, has since college basically, so 20 years or so, 15 years, I suppose, something like that. Um, I am the owner of uh, Big Stick Archery. So Heck yeah. Hybrid longbows and, uh, well, just longbows at this point. And uh, I've been doing that for, shoot, I don't know now, eight, nine years, somewhere in there. I've been full time for two and a half now, I think. That's so, awesome. More than eight ish. Um, so. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a rundown as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, well, I just I came across. Try to go hunt a bunch. <laughs> I heard that. Well, what are you doing to gear up? Elk season is fixing to start up, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Colorado is already open. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try to get here this afternoon. I've been doing a little. Uh, I got all the I got the gear bomb going off. So <laughs> I heard that. Kind of, been, <laughs> kind of sorting through all that crap. Yeah, uh, working on my kill kit here when you call, get some knife sharpened up and kind of ready to go. I heard that. Are y'all, uh, how does y'all system work out there? Is it over the counter or is it the draw system? Um, for where? Oh, for elk hunter, where you're going to hunt at. Okay, yeah, so um, I got a Wyoming tag this year, so that is a draw. Um, I think it took us three years to draw now. Wow. So that's a pretty good state too to go in. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely my favorite. I've been to Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. And Wyoming is my favorite, and unfortunately, more and more people are finding out. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think we hunted it three years. We hunted elk there three years in a row at one point, and then now it's been three years since you've gone back just because it's getting a little harder to draw. But. Yeah, the internet hadn't helped that out any. Oh yeah, I mean I ain't knocking it at all, not one bit. How long? Uh, well, how long have you been elk hunting though? Do y'all do it like DIY or do y'all do guided hunts? Um, I've been on all DIY stuff. I think uh, probably seven years ago we went on our first mule deer hunt mm. out in Wyoming, and then pretty much since then I've been out west at least once, usually more like three times a year. Um, 
So, yeah, I think I did mule deer, and then we hunted elk in Wyoming three years, and then I hunted elk in Idaho for two years, and then I fell Colton last year in Montana. So, yeah, I guess this will be like the seventh year. Dang, that's awesome. That's kind of how I'm wanting to do it, because like I said, I'm five minutes from the Florida line, and I've hunted whitetail since I was 11 years old. But as I'm getting older, I'm wanting to venture out that way, but I'm going to try and tier it where I can maybe go kill an antelope, then maybe a mule deer, and then work my way into the elk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, not a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we just kind of went for the gusto, and uh, there was not a whole lot of gusto for <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is what I'd say starting out elk hunting, what's something y'all learned the hard way that you wish you, you someone would have told you? Oh, man, just I don't know. We just we just didn't know what <laughs> what we were doing overall. Like the first couple of years, the first year especially, we just bumped elk all day, every day for like twelve days. Mm-hmm. Like I, one guy did kill one, but I mean just everywhere we went there was elk and it's a good we problem to have. We had the whole lot. Like, we would just be like, there's one, let's hurry up and go over there. Like, or a guy would set up and call, like, behind a tree. He wouldn't have a shot. And just, mm-hmm. just a bunch of silly stuff. Yeah, it's just hunting. <laughs> right. right. It's, you know, it's not, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We just, and we didn't know how to, like, we tried to do backpacking things, like, pretty hard right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole curve as far as that goes, too, where, you know, at least I know for me, like, it was like, well, where, where am I going to camp? Like, you kind of worried about camping or, like, if you get back to camp or, like, where you get water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Right. kind of just like, well, can we, can we just back, back around? <laughs> so, I mean, it, was, it was a lot to fight off at one time, for sure. Yeah. Now, how many days do y'all tend to go out for? Um, I did. Typically, we've always done two. Um, a couple of years ago in Idaho, I did a month. Oh. I think I ended up hunting like 26 days or something. Wow. Like, I seen two bulls. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of land, though, to cover for that. Jesus. It was a lot. Yeah, it was not. It didn't go great. Uh, my buddy did kill one. That's awesome. Was it a cow or a bull? Uh, yeah, it was a six-point satellite. Um, so it was the only, I think it was actually, and my dad heard him bugling. Mm-hmm. We were a couple miles in the other direction, and he had gone, you know, he'd gone east, we went west. And, well, we were planning on going to try to kill that one the next day, because that was the only bugle I heard in 13 days or something. And uh, he ended up killing it before we even, <laughs> Dang. Before we even got dark. So, hey, that's even better. That's pretty cool. Now, kind of kicking it back a little bit, what age did you get into, or what age did you start getting into hunting? Was it whitetail, or was it a small game? Um, sure. Uh, so I basically just grew up in the hunting scene. Um, I, my dad and grandpa were real big into the bow hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically from, I don't know, I was getting backpacked around, you know, yeah. as soon as I was born. And started that. bow hunting at 12, and shot my first deer at 12 and you know i shot a couple of squirrels and whatnot before that mm-hmm. and then uh yeah pretty much pretty much just kept on kept on rolling with it um kind of petered out a little bit there in like high school with high school and college with basketball and whatnot yeah that was the same for me but, but didn't do as much but you know still did some fishing and whatnot on a weekend here and there so i heard that Did y'all uh get to do that ice fishing or anything like that or how's the bass fishing up there uh, yeah, I was, well, it ain't nothing like it is down there. Yeah, that's true. I was in the bass scene there for a while. I was, I was all about fishing some bass tournaments and whatnot, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah, I did for a couple of years myself. Yeah, it was it was a good time, but I kind of haven't done that much now since I got back into the husband. Yeah, you got to do, especially with family life, you got to pick one or the other. You can't have too many irons in the fire. Uh, no, not if you're going to really do a lot of it anyway, I would say. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, that too. All my resources go into elk hunting. Yeah. Like, hunting, like a couple trips a year. So. Mm-hmm. Now, which one do you prefer? I know you say you like elk, but is mule deer, how is mule deer hunting? How many of them, have you killed any of them? 
have not killed a mule deer. Um, we had only done that one year, and then I guess I did go to Nebraska a couple of years mm-hmm. trying to kill a mule deer and uh, seen some decent bucks, but never did end up killing one there in the sand hills. So I know that killed a bear and an elk. Um, I, I kill a lot more deer than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I just spend way less time on it now. Uh, uh-huh. But as far as as far as uh, efficiency goes. If I need if I needed some food, elk hunting would not be the way to go. I'd be way better off sitting in a tree stand here in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I like my odds a lot better for that. Yeah, what's the whitetail hunting like out there? Is y'all what are y'all's regulations like? like down here, they're pretty liberal to where we can kill ten does and two antlered buck. What are y'all's uh, regulations oh, yeah. like? Yeah, not like that here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're down here, uh, man. In, in Iowa, you get you get two statewide buck tags. Uh, they can't both be guns or something well, like a firearm. They can't both be shotgun um, or both muzzle loaders even. So you get like a bow one and a shotgun or muzzle loader one. And uh, depending on what county you're in, a lot of the counties have some bow tags you can buy. Um, and then you can kind of buy as many of those as you want. Mm-hmm. Until they're sold out, like they'll have a quota per county. So, uh, usually I'll have the buck tag, and then I'll buy like two doe tags because the second one is half price or whatnot. So I'll buy a buck tag and two doe tags. Yeah, so, like, I heard that. Tag. Which well, I will say this too: y'all's deer are probably a lot bigger down here. I mean, well, I worked at a deer processor this past season. We had one come in two hundred thirty-three pounds, and that was the biggest. But I probably bet that's an average up there for y'all. Yeah, was that, like, that was dressed? No, it, no. 233 was full guts and all. Yeah. So the buck I shot last year, I, I don't know, I, I hunted like an hour. It was pretty ridiculous. I saw one deer and killed him at eight yards. Oh, yeah. And he dressed out at 235. Woo! Like, <laughs> he was... It was big. <laughs> I bet you probably got a quarter of that one up. I don't think dragging him yeah, out is an option. He wasn't too far from the road. So just, just threw him on the old deer cart, lugged him back. Yes. Front, but Man, yeah. I'll tell you what, those deer carts, that thing has saved my back. Oh, my God, that's the best investment I've had in the deer woods, getting one out. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, especially if you get a good one, one that you can kind of balance everything out, Mm-hmm. You not have to like hold it up or you know what I mean? As long as you can like center everything. Oh yeah. They're pretty slick. Heck yeah. Pretty darn slick. So. so uh you said you guys started in archery at a young age. Uh how long did it take you to get your first animal on the ground for when you started hunting with a bow? Uh so yeah, I think well, in Wisconsin at the time you had to be twelve to hunt, so mm-hmm. I ended up going one um that first September, I think we did they, like the third weekend or something like that. So okay, uh, <laughs> just kind of came out guns blazing, I guess. Yeah, was that a uh, was it a doe buck? Uh, yeah, it was a little uh, a little butt buck. I heard uh, that. My dad shot his little sister, so you know he was uh, <laughs> seventy five yards away or whatnot, and we kind of just shot both the <laughs> shot both the youngins, a nice little double. Hey, those are the best tasting ones. But so, what got you interested in starting to build your own bows? Well, I guess uh, once the once my my outboard got stolen off the boat, oh god, parked the yard, and my bass fishing dreams went down the tube. Holy! They took it straight <laughs> off the transom. Yeah, it was just like a little eighteen horse on my Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it, like, it was just popped up back in the yard. They cut the lock and yank it or whatever so yeah man like, well, shit now man my, my local bass tournament career is over so i started shooting my dad's old bear recurve mm-hmm. and uh i guess funny how things work out went from from one extreme to the other and ended up killing a deer that fall with that recurve and then i think i shot trad bows for oh shoot six seven years Five, six, seven years, something like that, before I ever built one. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about five-ish. Um, and it was just something I thought would be cool, you know, like built arrows and then built some wood arrows and then we built like quivers 
an arm guard, so like he was kind of kept making more and more of the stuff. Uh-huh. So, researched a bunch about the bow building, and at some point, finally was just like, man, you know, I know way more about this than a guy that doesn't build bows probably need to know. Uh, so I got my tax return back then, you know, because back then I still got, like, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I get that joke. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since that happened. Probably, just, probably the last one I ever got. So I was like, I'll just buy it, you know. I can buy any bull I want or I'll, I can build them or buy a few cheap tools and then I can just build one. Uh-huh. You know, the way more cost-effective route, you know. Yeah. With that. But, uh, you know, first one blew up, second one was shootable it's still kicking down in the basement somewhere <laughs> that's cool had to keep rolling from there i guess what's about your average build time on one uh as far as how long does the person wait when they order one or how long does it take me to build one? i'd say from just blank wood to you pulling it back shooting it testing it out um i would say two weeks is probably eight. okay um, if I'm really like, if I just have one that I need to get done, or like want to get done, I'm not doing nothing else. I could, you could probably do one in a week. Mm-hmm. And that's just where it's, I mean, cause there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. For you. Put it in the box and cook it for four hours and then let it cool for four, you know, three or four. You know, like cool off. So that's a good chunk of your day there. And then you blow in all your accents and that takes another half a day. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, or just you know, spray and takes you know all your. I'll be like wipe on the sealer and then sand all that off. So that takes a day or so, just for that to dry and sand off, and then spray and takes a day. So a lot of you know the week and it's you know fifteen hours of hands-on time and it's yeah, five yeah. days, of, four days of just sitting around waiting for stuff to dry. <laughs> I heard that. I was just curious. Yeah. Now, uh, you said you prefer making longbows. Why? Well, what's your preference from a longbow to a recurve? Um, well, I kind of just like, I don't know, I guess even before I built bows, um, I don't know, I guess I just like the lines of a longbow more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I was shooting long, I shot like hybrid longbows prior to building my own as well. Um, shot a lot of like, uh, I think my last few bows were RER LXs. So, like a hybrid three-piece. Yeah. Um, so, for whatever reason, I just like the lines of them. And then now I like the lines of a one-piece bow better than a three-piece bow even. So, then I kind of... Which, I guess you being a builder, you can kind of play with it what you want. <laughs> uh-huh. I will ask you... Know you know what I right, go ahead. Well, make one. Make a recurve, or make a three-piece. If you really just don't, like, unless you're into them, it's kind of hard to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I was gonna ask you this. What there was this one bow you posted your story here recently. It had like orange inlay. What type of wood to have that mar it looked like marble almost. What type of wood was that? Oh uh I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about you know, pillar of paint. Um that was Buckeye Burl. Man, that is a pretty that was some pretty wood on that bow. That that was really nice wood. I'm guessing that's gonna be probably one of the better looking ones I built for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But but uh yeah, he was cool with it, so we waited and got everything in and I puckered up and hoped I hit weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to miss weight on a bow that costs three times more than your average one. Yeah, I heard I that. Gotta buy the riser block again and whatnot, so now uh I bet. Now what kind of broadheads and stuff do you like to run? Just talking about your gear wise. Out of the first 10 years, yeah, I will say for the first 10 years, I pretty much hunted eight of them with Wendell Woodman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, shot quite a few deer with those. Um, I think I shot like some Razorheads or something like that the first, or not, not Razorheads, uh, Thunderheads, like from my compound when I switched over and didn't know how to sharpen it, I had it off them. So, I shot those for the first season or two. Um, 
and then just did the woodsman pretty much from there on out. And always had like I didn't have any issues with them. Uh, and I got plenty of time to get them sharpened up and whatnot. But after I get them going and get them ready, it was, I could get them sharpened up pretty good. And always had good blood trails and never really had penetration problems. Um, so I kind of just shot those. And then for whatever reason, there a few years ago, I thought, well, I haven't had a problem. Let's change it up and see if I can have a problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, I started looking into like the single couple of stuff and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think since then I've shot some, I think I killed my elk with a, with a grizzly. Oh, yeah. And that, I drank, that one, when I never found the arrow, just, just soared over the mountain or something. Hard that. So, yeah. So, that one went great. And then, uh, some cutthroats. And then now here recently, like the last year, I've been shooting that. Kind of settled on the old A boy or Wobble. Mm-hmm. I've heard about those. Yeah, so they they seem pretty nice. But, and uh, for backpacking wise, what kind of bags do y'all use? Uh, for for backpacking. Yeah, for like packing out meat and keeping yeah, just whatever y'all you yeah. you know hunting pack. Yep. Uh, so I kind of got on the Safari bandwagon. I don't know, quite a few years ago. Not too long after I got into it, uh, I started nutted up and dropped all the fancy, you know, dropped the coins for the fancy bag, but. Yeah, um, but it's a buy once, cry once kind of thing. It is 100%. I had a handful of bags. I think I had three backpacks before that, before this one. Two, two maybe, I think. I bought two other ones, like, in the first year and a half. Um, and then finally, yeah. You try to, like, you know, you don't have any money, so you try to, like, kind of. Justify, justified a little bit. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. I bet if I do this, it'll work as good. And it doesn't take a whole lot of figures to be like, well, it's not as good. So, yeah. I just have to sell everything I can and buy, buy, you know, buy the best one. Oh, for and, sure. You know, I, that back then. Um, I think everything on the frame has been replaced at this point, I think. Mm hmm. Like, like I've got new straps, I've got new belts. Um, I've set bags in to get restitched. Um, I've had a couple different bags for it, uh, but it's been the same frame. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I no, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I beat the crap out of it for a year. That's. It sounds like they're a rugged piece of gear, and I'm been looking at a striker pack myself just to have a good little day pack to have. Because yeah. I mean, it's especially the Aaron Schneider guy. He's a pretty cool, dude, and I like he's a he's a brass tacks kind of guy. He just levels it out and tells you what it is, and if you don't like it, that's how it is. You know what I mean? Oh, oh I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm Aaron a few times. Oh, really? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Which he seems to be a pretty big figure out west, anyway. Which I didn't start hunting with a trad bow myself until I'd say, well, truly shooting him about nine months ago. I was a big compound shooter from 13 shot tournaments, went to the national level, and I got burned out on it during high school. Like I quit bow hunting, I quit shooting everything, and I sold everything too. Well, I took like a 10-year hiatus, and I finally wanted to get back into it, and just I wanted to try something different. And I didn't really pick him up until I started getting into trad. And I yeah, I listen yeah. to his podcast on the regular. Oh yeah, he's definitely out there. Now I was oh, yeah, seeing, sure. or go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say for sure they make some real nice shit. Like I got, I got a handful of Kabar stuff, and mm-hmm. can't say nothing but good stuff about it. I mean, if you ever have a problem, I'll like you just mail it in. You pay to ship it over there, and they fix it or replace it, and mm-hmm. you know you want that. You know? What certain pack do you use for packing out? Um, I've had a few different ones. Um, I got like a cargo panel that I thought I would use more than I would or did end up. So I've got an older Mark Core bag that I use pretty much for everything now, and it's just the main. It's like a five thousand cubic inch main bag. Wow. Uh, doesn't have any pockets or nothing on it. Yeah. Looks uh, pretty good size, and then I've got just like a variety of pockets, like if I'm actually gonna backpack in somewhere or whatnot. Yeah. Or need some more room, like an ad room or. Take room, you know, take stuff off to kind of swim it down. So, yeah, it's not, I don't know. The striker looks pretty slick. Maybe I'll get one of those one day, but in the meantime, I just keep just keep going with old baseball. I'm kind of getting attached to it now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they can pull like ten animals out with it, you know. So it's kind of got like the good juju. Oh yeah. Like, yes, you know, man. That's that patina. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I heard that. Now, we're packing out animals and all that. Have y'all had any, because I've also seen you're a pretty big bear hunter. Have y'all had any uh, animals trying to take any of y'all's meat or anything from hanging in or anything like that? Or had any run-ins uh, with bears? No. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so, for the most part, well, I guess short of where I've been in Montana, like in Wyoming and Idaho, there's not a lot of grizz. Um, I think more grizz now in Wyoming, so we'll see what that's like this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so typically, it hasn't been, you know, like I've never seen a grizz, seen some tracks here and there. Um, and the black bears are getting just shit, so. Yeah. Uh, haven't really, I mean, nothing's really stole me, or, I mean, you know, nothing's really even given us a hard time up to this point, so. Well, that's cool. Well, I was just curious because. Hey, fun by me. Yeah, that's that's the best way to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. How what's the wolf situation like out there? You ever hunted any of those? Uh, I not hunted wolves. Uh, the year I killed my bull, the first night we camped in Idaho, there was some wolves, like a pack that was I don't know, ridiculously close. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I've seen a bunch of tracks. Yeah. I haven't seen one. Oh really? Yeah, it's super super thick. Oh, it is. What's the, what's the terrain like? Is it more like hardwoodsy or like scrub brush or? It's like scrub brush. Like I call it like alder. Oh okay. Like, like high alder brush crap. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's steep and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard that. Now, uh, bear hunting wise, how long have you been in bear hunting? Uh, so I think I went on the first bear hunt. Uh, shit, I think. I've done pretty much all of that in Idaho. Uh, I've gone with some buddies in Montana and did some filming or whatnot. Um, oh, mine was, I think this was the sixth year, and I finally killed one with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I'm not, you know, apparently the more we talk about this, I just don't tell them very much stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, I think the first, oh yeah, six years ago I went the first time and I was all gung ho to like get better at backpacking. Mm-hmm. So obviously you got, I got two weeks of vacation in September, so I can't do nothing else then. So thought out about spring bear and thought, hey, Snowway Wilderness, that sounds like, you know, a huge, awesome place to go try not to die. And <laughs> so me and a buddy went for a week and I mean, it was, it didn't go good. We did see some bears a few miles away, but. Well, the first few years pretty much just did like backpacking, backpacking boot camps and yeah, and trying to do the spot and stock thing, um, which I don't know. It was fun. It's just really tough to still want it ten yards. I think that way. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I kind of get back to where I want to do a tier system where I. I can kind of get used and watch the animals move and learn the terrain as well. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's going to be a heck of a drive for, for me, at least. It's at least 14 or more hours to get out there. Right. So I got to make it count. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're off on the, or, I mean, probably on the right track here. I'm mm. kind of consistently just dive right into the deepest part. Like, where, how far can I hike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, now for. I that way. Yeah. Off, but I About what's. What's your average loadout for when y'all go out in the woods for weight wise? Uh, like, like yeah. Um, at this point, I'm pretty much going to be under 40 for like three days. Okay. Um, y'all... Mine might be, mine's, usually, mine's usually about eight pounds heavier than everyone else's because all my buddies are little. Yes. But my clothes are humongous, and then I'll bring like some camera gear or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm still usually around 40 with, with food and stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up food. I take it you don't like Mountain House meals. That's why you dehydrate all yours before. <laughs> I, I figured this was probably going to come up. Uh, no, I'm just. I, I just 
<laughs> well, that too. Well, to me personally, I have yet to taste one that I feel like going back and buying another one. So I'm definitely wanting to get yeah. me a dehydrator just so I can have my own and do my own shit like you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is the gravy and the lasagna on there. It's good, but um, like I said, I'm, I'm just too bored to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got into I got into the dehydrating stuff a couple years ago. At the time, my uh, my wife at the time, ex now, she uh, I think between me and her, I think I was gonna be two two weeks of bear hunting. No, no, three because I went to Montana too. So three weeks, a week in Montana in the summer, and then two weeks no that was the year I went four weeks in the fall so I was at like seven weeks myself and then she was going to come along for a couple weeks on a couple of those trips so I was at like 10 and 10 weeks of meals like wow there's no way I was going to be able to buy like because at that point I was still going to get I was still get like the big bulk lasagnas from Mountain House or whatever uh-huh. like give you up myself so they were a little cheaper um and once, yeah, once I needed dinners for two people, and I, yeah. I was like, that's, that's just not going to fly. Um, and so it, took some, it takes some time, but, like, everything I've done tastes pretty good. Like, I don't, I don't like it any less than a meal I would buy. So. Mm. Well, having good, having good food in the backcountry, it matters because if you're having a real low point and you know you got something good you can eat, that gives you the energy to get to the next day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just a little perk. Oh, yeah. Variety. Mm-hmm. I would say it's probably more important to just know what you want to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's the same five things or something, like, I don't have to have a ton of variety as mm-hmm. long as you have stuff that. Well, you know you want to eat. Yeah, that's like well, me. I'll I take an annual trip to go hunt in North Georgia, and to if I don't eat these, what I do is de- I get dehydrated banana chips. And if I don't eat these throughout the day, I will have so such bad pelvic girdle cramps from like just hiking up the hills and down. Like I can't even get up and down off my cot sometimes. But if I eat those, I'm good. You know, it's just little things you learn like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Heck yeah. Now I was on YouTube last night getting back kind of going back to hunting again. I know I've been kind of sporadic here, but I've been about heat whipped too. I went and shot a tournament today and it was the humidity was like something fierce. I did. I, I did a little I was doing a little snooping myself. So yeah, I seen that. <laughs> yeah. But I was watching YouTube last night and I saw y'all did an antelope hunt. How uh, how does that go with bow hunting? Y'all hunt over water or like a blind, or were y'all just spotting and stalking kind of deal? I, well, I think you're talking about the one I went to Colton last year, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I think he said we were going to go antelope hunting, and we went to his antelope spot, and he had sat flying for, I don't know, two weeks or something by that point and hadn't had a shot. Mm-hmm. So I think we were going there, and he was going to see if he could stock one, and then we basically just ended up looking for mule deer the whole time. Heard that. Think, well, or maybe he, re- maybe he referenced the spot that said it was his antelope hunting spot. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. We didn't really hunt antelope. We've seen some antelope. Yeah. Well, I was just curious, because I, like I said, that's on my bucket list. Sure. But. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I got some buddies between him and another couple guys. Um, I've been getting the antelope right down so far um well typically the blind is the way to go mm-hmm. yeah to get the weather yeah that's true got a bunch of rain now last this past weekend so uh the one guy can do some spotting and stalking and still with you that way um but it's definitely definitely terrain specific oh, if i tell you if the day ever comes i do go out there i will have my 270 on my pack if i if it's a gun season <laughs> 
I'm an opportunist. I'm an opportunistic hunter. I'll try it with a bow, but if I if I got to get them out of the rifle, I'll pull that too. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where they're at with it too. Like they they like the idea of killing one with a bow, but some rifle season they like to eat them. <laughs> yes, I gotta say, at the end of the day, you still want to. You still want to put something in the back of the truck at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I often think about maybe I, I probably could have been a little better at that in the past. I just have eaten a lot of tags because I would just bow hunt, bow hunt, bow hunt. But, yes. So uh, I got to write them out. Uh, I'm getting into that. I heard that. Now, getting into the whitetail, when did y'all season start? Uh, here in Iowa, it runs. October 1st through the first Saturday of December um, and they'll have they have an early muzzleloader that's the third week of October I believe mm-hmm. second third week somewhere in there uh, so you get a little bit of pressure from that but I, I don't know I I see some guys at parking lots or whatever and they say yeah I'm early muzzleloader but you yeah. don't see guys stomping around the woods or something you know like you would maybe later on yeah. Now, when you're hanging a stand, what do you look for in particular? Through what's your experience? What do you tr- try or tend to gravitate towards to hang in? Uh, well, I tend to hang in just lousy trees because those are the only spots that I like. Yeah. Uh, so I got the old lone wolf set up. Uh, another buy one, try one. I don't even recall how I acquired it. It was like the most expensive thing I had at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, still rocking it though, still kicking ass. Uh, so that's you know it's been great. Uh, but I do uh, around where I live, I kind of like the toilet bowl of Iowa. Uh-huh. It's flat and cornfield. Oh okay. Like, really, not, you know, they, all the fence rows are gone almost. Like there's just not a lot of cover. Yeah. So, I'm shocked to see What nice deer are around get worked over pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really the only problem where I live. Not a lot of coverage, just flat, flat, flat corn. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot more hunting over eastern Iowa, so that's more bluff country. Uh, so then I just do a lot, run a lot of ridges. Okay. Um, you know, heads of, heads of drainages, um, pinch points like that. I'll run some inside corners or uh, like soft edges on points. Mm-hmm. You know, like brush, you know, like brush lines on points. Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But definitely pretty much always up on a ridge, um, just trying to find some sort of a funnel or something to pinch them to, you know, inside uh, of 20. Oh, yeah. I, I understand that 100%. I really, yeah. I really don't hunt spot the bottom almost really ever at all. So. Yeah. They're not going to be down there because that's how it is at Piedmont. You can go hunt the prettiest looking bottom and be like, man, there's going to be deer just funneling through here. There ain't crap coming through there. They're all about halfway up the ridge walking with looking at you down in the bottom. Right. Yep. That top third. That top third. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, they kind of fool you, though, because it's always more wet down in the bottom. So, mm-hmm. you're just more likely to find tracks. And mm-hmm. then they hang out all night there. So, there's more scrapes and rubs. Like, so, you're kind of like, you know, you're just like, man, it's got to be a hot spot. Yep. And I've, I've got suckered into that a couple times. Oh, me too. I kind of, this year, I'm kind of breaking that. I'm not hunting any scrapes this year. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, at this point, like, it's nice if I see one. Like, I'll go to, like, I have spots that I like. Mm-hmm. And, like, and if you get up there and, like, you see some scrapes and rubs around, like, we're oh, yeah. walking in, like, hey, man, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah, sign's fine, but I'm not going to hang my stand over like I have done before, or at least within eye distance right. of it. You know what I'm saying? There's no way I can't hunt here. Like, I can't imagine telling my buddy I found 12 scrapes and I didn't put a stand by. But at this mm-hmm. point, I would just be like, there's a bunch of scrapes down there. I'm not hunting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That's all you do. Heard that. But now, can y'all bait up there or do y'all bait? No, there's no baiting. Just hundreds and hundreds of acres in quarantine. Yeah, okay. So, so that got to go far then. Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah, no, no baiting in Iowa. Huh? What's the biggest whitetail you've harvested? Uh, 
my biggest is like 153. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, I don't know. Uh, my dad filmed that one. That was five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I killed a couple 130s. I would shoot that all day. The one I shot last year was 140, like a 140-ish eight-pointer. Mm-hmm. So, you ever have anything? Or right, go ahead. I said, I've got a handful of decent ones. Not bad for, I just shoot the first one that comes. It's not like I passed here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've, There's some pretty nice one that walked by at eight yards before 100 entered. Oh, yeah. That's me growing up hunting public land. We've always, if we've seen something, it was almost like a mythical unicorn. Like, holy crap, there's actually an animal there. So we shot whatever, right. as long as it was legal, we shot whatever we could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't pass too much. Forked horns, forked horns and baskets are about the only thing. I don't seem to see too many of those in eastern Iowa. It's usually about a 100 incher. Mm-hmm. If they get to seven yards and stop and look away, it's, it's hard not to shoot them. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, plus you can't eat the antlers anyway, but it ain't that big a deal, but it is a good little cherry on top. It is, it is a nice little cherry. Uh, I've had seasons where I haven't had a shot at a buck. And that, I think one, I think one year since I did the trash stuff, I think I've had, was, I think the year right after I shot my biggest one, mm-hmm. I shot two does and it was the only two deer inside at 20 yards. And I hunted every weekend in November, and like two weekends in October. It was just, just bad, you know, mm-hmm. so just bad luck. Yeah, I, trust me, I know the feeling. The year before last, I was on a different hunt. I was on the two years I've been on a hunting club, I was on one and I didn't see squat. And I didn't mean not a deer. I was pissed. I don't know what was up. I was like, I'm done with it, but you just got to keep at it. Yeah, yeah. And then, hey, next year you might show up and hunt 30 minutes and have one come mosey right in. Like, oh, yeah. I shot one the next opening morning. I shot a doe. <laughs> But yeah, it goes both ways. But yeah, sometimes there's some real grinders, so I don't feel too bad when I take advantage of a of a good shot. Oh heck no! <laughs> now, uh, how's the old thunder chickens up there? I saw a couple of them on your page. You like hunting the ch- uh, turkeys? Shit, no. That's why I got into spring bear hunting. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also part of the reason I got into spring bear because I don't know. I've... Turkey hunting's really fun, like. It's interactive. And he's really good at turkey hunting. So, like, if I go with him, like, you're just a round bird. So, like, that's always fun. Like, when I get to go with him. But, like, whenever I do it by myself, it's always just a, uh, just a lot of sitting, no turkeys. Mm-hmm. Like, it's usually just a struggle. And then I'll miss two or three before I hit, like, kill one. And, yeah, I don't know. They just, they give me the willies. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I heard that, <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's for me, if I'm not if I'm not hunting deer, or it's I'm turkey hunting. That's about the only bird I like to hunt. Now I'll go to a dove shoot, but I love Mr. Turkey hunting. But this past year, I was plagued by coyotes on my property, to where I'd say about my second or third call sequencing of the morning, I'd have at least six to eight making moves on me, and that was the last four weekends of the season. Every weekend I went, it was nuts. The first time it happened, I just put my call up, stood up, got my stuff, and I just kind of walked around the rest of the morning because I was like, I ain't handling that. Because it had about eight of them light up around me. I was like, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, we've had a, we've called a few in Iowa, but it's definitely not, never been like a consistent thing like that. Mm-hmm. Do y'all ever have? I don't know, I probably need to start shotgunning them. Yeah, I would. I'm going shotgunning for like one or two days this year. Heck yeah, call them in close and John Wickham. <laughs> it's definitely a struggle. It, it shows you, what is it, the dedication to the craft. Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, like I said, I used to really be really, really into the trad bow or nothing. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, did and you, of, did you start on a compound? Years now. Okay. That's why I was just curious if you just 
Yeah, I was just wondering if like some guys like me or some other people that shot compound forever, they just one day woke up and they just didn't find the fascination with it anymore. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, you know, once I got into, I think, well, the year that I was shooting my dad's recurve after the boat motor got ganked, uh, I shot that all summer and I was like, well, I don't know, you know, I don't think I possibly should hunt with this. So I went and dug out my old compound and was like trying to get that all tuned up and got new arrows and blah, blah, blah. And when get the broadhead supply, and then I was adjusting the site, and the whole housing just like stripped out and fell on the ground. And yeah. Then I said, "Well, I said, well, this is really just not what I want to do." Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up hunting with the recurve anyway, but that was kind of like just the last, last hurrah. Yeah, I heard that. I will say it's a lot nicer because uh, it ain't one, it ain't heavy, and like you, like you just said, it's a lot less to go wrong. I mean, if you cut your string or break a limb, that's about it. Yes. That's what saved my turkey season was being able just to shoot at stumps and a couple squirrels or if I saw some turtle dove in the road or something like that. You know, a little right. witty bird. Yeah, where you got the old compound with you, like you just don't get to shoot at anything. Like you're just going to bust an arrow pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Um, so but. aside from that, you know, most of the guys I go hunt with out west that do the compound stuff, they my one buddy had some ice, had his, had his cam ice up, and he, like, when he went to drop back, he rolled the cam and, like, string cables off, but Dang. I think that's about the issue they really had, and that was, I think, the second to last day, or, like, the last full day, so it wasn't too big of a, too oh. big of a deal, but yeah. they've, they've done all right besides a bunch of busted arrows trying to stump shoot. <laughs> I heard that. Still, just not, not what I want to do gotta hold them or whatever for them once in a while and they weigh nine pounds mm-hmm. that's true that, now you being out in the back country have you ever had anything happen crazy or a sound you ain't ever heard because me myself i'm a a believer of the sasquatch of a little bit have you ever had anything or someone had an experience like out west are we did you say the what the sasquatch have y'all ever had an experience of anything like that or anything unexpected, I should say. Like that. I did see that when I was doing a little snooping on you there. Apparently, Ethan. Apparently yeah. Ethan, Ethan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the whole, I would say I'm a wishful Sasquatch guy. Like, I like the idea that he's out there. I don't think he probably is. But I like the idea that there's a place that he could live. I do like that part. Yes. Um, I don't think, well, you know, actually, last year when Colton killed his bull and we got there, there was something flanking around us, and it went like 270 degrees, and it would just pop sticks here and there. Mm-hmm. We assumed it was a grizzly bear, but it might have been sad. It very well could have just been Sam Squanch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. Just... Firing around off into a tree, and then we never heard it again. Yeah. Uh, so we figured it was probably just a, a grizzly bear or a fawn, but mm-hmm. I suppose we could throw an option three and say it was that much. You never know, especially in today's time. I'm just curious. And I like talking about it. You know, it's, it's something that's been around forever, and I like getting different people's opinion on it, especially people that have been oh, out yeah, in the country no, I, over there, you know. I don't story, but I have watched a lot of Sasquatch shows. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I've definitely probably got a PhD in Sasquatch videos. Did you, uh, have you watched that new one on Hulu where, like, the, the intro is, like, the Sasquatch killed three men, and, like, the guy does a big investigation, and california like a three yeah 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 i did it ended up being some kind of drug thing wasn't it yeah it turns out it wasn't that much at all um, there was some crazy drug ringleader and like chopped them up or some crap like that or shot them yeah yeah just like a bunch of tweakers up there in the mountain yeah yeah it was pretty it was pretty nuts but well, man, we're coming up on about 40 minutes. Have you got anything else you want to talk about, shout out, or, or if you want to, give yourself a plug if anybody's looking to buy a trad bow. Uh, yeah, I guess it's uh, order season is coming up. So mm. usually about, about right now would be a good time to, if you're looking to maybe order a bow for next year. Okay. Pretty soon it would probably be a good time to get a hold of me and try to get an order or a deposit down. Um, maybe be ready to go here like next summer. Okay. Um, but yeah, Bob, Bob Smith, Big Stick Archery. I'm on the Instagram and the Facebook at Big Stick Archery. 
Um, I got a YouTube channel. Uh, got a got a handful of videos. Kind of touch and go with that. I think I'm going to mm. do some more video in here this year. Yeah, um, I got to get into that here. myself. What kind of cam? Real quick, what kind of cameras do you use? Um, so for, for a lot of those cameras, I had some handheld Sony something or other that I don't know. It's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple years ago, maybe it was last year, I made the jump and bought. So I think I had a Sony. And then the push guys talked me into filming, so I used my Sony 5000, which was not a very good camera either. I just bought it for because it was small to take photos yeah. on trips. Um, and the video was better than the other one, but not great. But then last year, I ended up getting, I got a 60, Sony 6400 with an 18 to 105 lens. Oh, heck yeah. Um, so, that works, so that works pretty good for the bow hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that. Yeah, that's why I just. Yeah. Okay, that's I just got me a GoPro myself. <laughs> I heard that, but. Heck yeah, but man, I uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, like I say, if you ever want to come on again, the door's always open, especially once season gets through. If you get a big elk, and come on, and we'll tell the story. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, hey, if you don't mind, give it a go at nighttime. Give a good tree knock for me. See if you can get anything back. <laughs> I can do that. Oh, man. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and good luck this season. All right, thanks. All right, man. You have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a fun episode. I had a good little bit of information and get to talk to another Western hunter. So, building up my database. So, eventually... Just, I have enough information where I feel like I got a good footing to start off with. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode and thank y'all for listening to the podcast.